Heck yeah. We made it. I'm Drew here with Ashley and Derek. And we just got back from July 6th, 1984. The past. How are y'all doing? I'm actually pretty pumped up right now. I wish we could have stayed in 84 a little longer. Okay. Aww. Well, <laughs> good trip. Nonetheless, we actually got to visit a drive-in in Bloomington, Illinois this week. But before we go into that, Ashley, can you explain what we do here on New Release 1984? Sure. So each week we travel back in time to the best year ever to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. Nailed it. <laughs> Let's jump in. Kelly is just a normal everyday girl until her college initiation sparks off some long buried memories. Strange images and sensations crowd her brain and none of them can be explained. Then the images turn into real life. A series of bizarre murders have only one thing to connect them. And that's Kelly. Kelly. There's a clue. <laughs> the initiation. The ceremony that will never die as long as new blood is pledged. So, as you can kind of hear from the ending, we watched The Initiation, rated R. So, last week we, we had this long debate, as usual, about the rating system. And I was saying how I was excited to see uh, Conan and have that be our first R-rated movie. Turns out it was Wasn't. PG. None of y'all, um, we, we got some calls into the hotline reporting, uh, calling me out for forgetting that we watched Friday the 13th, part four, oh, yeah. as our very first movie. So <laughs> we had watched the rated R movie, and now uh, we're back on the slasher bandwagon. So that was fun. Ashley, what's the uh, tagline for the initiation? They pledge themselves to be young, stay young, and die young. Let me describe the poster for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is it hey, as bad as the tagline? It's alongside the tagline. So on the, the right side of the poster, you have that, that tagline uh, kind of, they pledge themselves to be young. On the left side, you have a eyeball under, and underneath that, you've got a really veiny, um, grotesque man's hand um, and a woman's body covered in candle wax, which show he's holding, he's gripping this woman's body like a candle that's melting down over his uh, veiny hand. So Is the wax red like blood? It's white. Oh, it's disappointing. Yeah, it's kind of like her hair is wax. She's blonde, maybe. I don't think it's meant to be a character from the movie. It's it's an evocative image. Hmm, okay. So, like, just imagine a full-size person shrunken down into a candle. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I did not uh, come up with my own tagline this week. So um, let's talk a little bit about how we watched the movie. We, as you know, take our time traveling scooters and go back to 1984 each week. But for this movie, we wanted to um, do something a little different. So we found a local drive-in in Bloomington, Illinois, that was playing a double feature of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the invitation um 
initiation. <clears throat> did I say invitation? Sure did. That's number one. Keep, <laughs> keep count. <laughs> uh, how did y'all like uh, the drive-in experience? It was my first drive-in. Really? So I really enjoyed it. Although Texas Chainsaw Massacre is terrifying. Yeah. So yeah, you had to keep that, hiding, but... hiding uh, in the back seat. Yeah. So. So that was fun, but I really enjoyed it, and Illinois is actually really pretty. So. Beautiful. Glad I went. Yeah, beautiful setup. Drive-ins are in modern day making a little bit of a comeback because they're the only uh, theaters that are open right now. So. We got to see them in their heyday, and uh, we'll see if that continues on into the present. If if you don't have the ability to travel back in time like we do, then you can rent it on Prime or Apple TV or anywhere that does uh, a la carte movie rentals. I also went ahead and looked this up on eBay, uh, bringing back our old tradition, and this has got... Uh, a touch of a collector's market, $20 a copy, VHS. So, you know, would you spend $20 on a VHS copy of this, Ashley? I sure would not. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> well more on that later. So <laughs> before Ashley gives her weekly synopsis, I just want to say this movie has some interesting plot developments as it goes on. Um, so be warned, we're going to spoil not only every kill from the movie, but we're gonna give away some crucial plot details. And I'm sure by the end of Ashley's 15 second uh, synopsis, <laughs> you're gonna feel like you've actually seen the movie. Crap, okay, I'm not ready, okay. Um, uh, all right, I'm ready. Okay, so a sorority girl named Kelly has reoccurring nightmares from her childhood with her mother, father, and a mysterious man in them. She has an amnesia after falling out of a tree when she's young and can't remember anything before that. Then there's people that escape from an asylum, one mm -hmm. being like a killer. Um, and as a viewer, you think it's her father, perhaps, or some like the mysterious man killing everyone. Then the killer targets off Kelly's like sorority sisters in the small when they're trying to do a prank for. Oh, shoot. Um, Are we out of time? I'm really stressed out. For some reason, my computer does not want to play the timer sound. Yay. <laughs> so the killer targets Kelly's sorority sisters and kills people in the small when they're trying to do like a prank. Um, and then the twist that Your you're talking is about, way up. it turns out to be her twin sister. Ah. Oh, it's very brutal. Okay. So then it turns out um, that the person killing everyone the whole time is her twin sister, and she wants to steal her identity. Dun, so dun, dun. From the asylum. Um, and you think that her dad, who has the burns on his body, is the killer, but it's really her. But I didn't even get into the whole dream. <laughs> I was going to say, man, so many like horror tropes, mental asylum, burn victim, Dreams. multiple personalities, mm -hmm. yeah, dream disorder, amnesia. Um, yeah. I do need to make an important correction. She fell out of a tree house, not a tree. Oh, well, so if, well, a tree know. house is built on a tree. So she technically fell out of a tree. Yeah, just, I know. I'm just trying <laughs> to make sure we get Within my 15 seconds, clarity. sorry, I yeah. left out the word house. Oh yeah, that saved you <laughs> at least a quarter <laughs> second. Good job. Um, man, well, let me just ask you this because that was a lot to um, take in. Did you, did the movie make sense as you were watching it? Okay. Because you thought you had it figured out pretty early. I had it. I had a portion of it figured out pretty early, but it does. It doesn't 
it's not really fair because I knew the twin thing going into it because of research. Oh uh, no, but you were spoiled. I was, yeah, I was spoiled, unfortunately. Um, I was trying not to, but I was trying to find all the trivia I could, which isn't a ton. And right. that was one of the like spoiler alerts. I was like, it can't be too bad. And it was like the whole plot twist. So, well, so were you waiting for that the whole time? Well, I just... thought that maybe I misread or something. So I was like, well, it hasn't happened yet. And they have, and they waited till the very end, which makes sense. But I thought maybe I just misread it. Right. And that the big twist was about the dream and yeah well i mean within five minutes of watching the movie the movie opens on a dream sequence where this little girl is walking through her super creepy house and all the dolls heads are missing for some reason and um she walks in on her mom having sex with mr fairchild yes okay so with this um super rich uh mall mogul international yeah. affairs dude mm -hmm. um, ambiguous job description but he's got the biggest building in town um and so anyway she stabs fairchild in the thigh and sets the house on fire and the dad gets burned no so the fireplace that... is go the fireplace is going the guy who's having an affair when the mystery man mysterious man comes in in his suit which is actually her real dad yeah um, coming home they dump like wine on him or something and then he pushes him towards the fire and then he burns his body and but was that where was her sister then so i think so what i think is that she saw her sister stabbing and she just thought it was her but it wasn't her okay because they do show her near the doorway looking at the yeah. scene so i think and she just so, didn't know she had a, she doesn't remember having a twin so she thinks that it was her that stabbed in the dream but right. it's really her sister probably should have just restarted the movie and played the opening scene again after that new piece of information um we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil sleepaway camp but this movie reminded me of the fact that there's a big twist um in sleepaway camp and it kind of makes you reevaluate <laughs> everything that's, <laughs> that's come before it so it's interesting though that you knew it going in um thanks for not telling us yep. and i thought honestly it was like a really um effective twist i like five seconds before it actually happens um I turned to you in the theater and said like, oh, it's going to be split personalities, which would yeah. be like the ultimate cliche, mm -hmm. but it actually was like two different people, not <laughs> right. split well, personalities. And if you think of it, like when she's in, because since I knew going into it, when she's in the asylum, um, her sister's mm -hmm. in the asylum, she's like hitting her fist against her leg and they never show who's doing that. Remember well, when he's like digging exactly, in the ground? Yeah, they, so that's, that's, his, that's her sister. So they show like, her from behind. Her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a little nugget, but I mean, yeah, it's a good twist. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> moving on from that, what, um, well, aside from the stuff you researched, did you have any backstory, any awareness of this movie or, um, since I'm guessing your answer is no, have you ever been affiliated with a sorority, any kind of sort of cult like group? <laughs> Yep, definitely a cult. Um, yeah. no. um, light, light cult. Right, yeah, light cult. Um, light on the cookies. Oh, heavy on the cookies. Uh, so I was in Girl Scouts for a few years growing up, which isn't like a cult. We just give out cookies and do good deeds. But <laughs> it was a sisterhood of sorts. Yeah. Um, so I guess I could compare, loosely compare to a sorority. Well, what was interesting, interesting is one word for it, is 
how they handled the whole sorority thing. It was completely <laughs> a marketing gimmick, an excuse to get some hot co-eds together mm -hmm. maybe and have them share a bedroom and shower. Um, yeah. Because they opened the movie after the dream with them kind of like uh, about to start Hell Week and have to do this crazy prank. And the <laughs> prank is just for Kelly to break into her dad's fancy building and steal a cop outfit or steal a guard outfit. Well, they're supposed to, and they're supposed to steal it off of his body. Like he, they're supposed to get him naked. So right. that makes it more of a prank, but like, well. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I guess I got realized that later, but once they were there to do it, it was just, it was kind of a lame prank. And mm -hmm. then they also just dropped the whole sorority thing for like 30 minutes or so before they needed to pick it back up. Yeah. If I didn't, I went into it thinking it was a sorority movie. Like it was like bait, like it was more like based on them. And I was like, Oh, we'll just put them in here when we need like topless chicks and then yeah. we'll go back to this and then we'll, but yeah, they definitely serve that purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I, I'm a uh, devotee of eighties horror and slashers and just a big fan of the genre in general. I had never heard of this movie um, at all. So that was exciting to just, unearth another movie that happened to come out in the year that we're focusing on um and for me i was trying to think earlier today why i love the genre it's not because like i love being scared like you don't watch movies like this for the like scary horrific mm -hmm. elements it's just kind of there's a formula and you know and once you've watched a bunch of them you're kind of like you're able to feel sort of like an expert and dissect no pun intended the the actions of the movie as they go like when how are these kills going to compare to the the creativity of the kills in uh friday the 13th mm -hmm. um or you know a movie like night of the demons where uh, uh they're going to this halloween party and once the the girl gets possessed she she shoves a tube of lipstick through her nipple um, which is uh, just like what? an unforgettable shout out night of the yeah. demon dude yeah, <laughs> yeah Derek's, Derek's seen that one um <laughs> it's just cool like this movie was made this type of movie was made uh half a dozen times a year for every year of the 80s and and well beyond until like scream came out and kind of formally reinvented it mm -hmm. it just kept being remade and it's still entertaining every time for me <laughs> i don't know what do you think <laughs> Do you like no. slashers? Well, it's interesting because I didn't like, um, what was the first slasher you watched? Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Four. I was just like, eh, it's fine. But I like this one. And I'm not sure why. The, I don't know. I'm not sure why. I think I like because of the crazy twist. Like that other one didn't yeah. have like, this crazy twist ending. The first one did. What's interesting is that, so Halloween comes out in 78 or 79. And then Friday the 13th as unashamed about ripping, you know, ripping it off, but like not having the uh, visionary director behind it to make it an artistic horror movie um, and a beautiful like cinematic movie. Mm -hmm. But what they did is they just doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on the kills. They put yeah. all their creativity and energy into uh, these elaborate, uh, you know, I think they they did something like where Kevin Bacon gets shot like in the back with an arrow and that effect had never been used before. Um, this movie might have copied that directly, actually. Um, but by the time this came out, there had been four 
Friday the 13th already <laughs> because we watched part four <laughs> mm-hmm. for this podcast. And so it's just funny. In, in four years, there had been four of those movies to, to my point of how <laughs> much they were repeating this formula. So yeah, I would, um, I would say I, this, this met my expectations for the genre, but specifically to this movie, Ashley, was there something that you loved or hated about it? I really liked all the different murder weapons. So ah. Caitlin, my friend Caitlin came with us to the drive-in and we were just going back and forth and just asking each other like, Ooh, how do you think this person's going to die? What's he going to use next? And so I thought that was kind of cool to be like, okay, how's this going to work or what's going to happen to this person? So, yeah, let's talk real quick about the, I should have listed them off uh, as I was watching, but I thought it was interesting early on. He's like a gardener. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, you think he's a caretaker. He he is not even the killer, but the the clear person they're setting up to be the killer is using this gardening um, claw, like the three pronged tool that you use to uh what do you use it for you use it to till the dirt okay like, like a mini handheld till yeah um, a personal till so <laughs> the first three kills or so are all till kills till kills yeah and um <laughs> and then once they get to the fairchild building which is it a mall is it an office building is it just it's a mall like, but like why does there there's nothing on the first floor it's as Oh, but then it has like retail stores. It's got a Christmas all a Christmas everyday store. So it was so it was fil- it was filmed at the Dallas International Market. So huh. maybe it just had a variance of like businesses and retail intermixed, like a multi-use office building. They had that really cool clear elevator that's kind of like a giant bank tube. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did I did see all the international flags uh, going up some kind of cylinder. Uh, and it was like a, I don't know, it felt like a hundred story building. Yeah. So yeah, I, that was the murder weapon. So, oh, he transitions from the claw to a whole assortment of things. We'll get to that in our Ooh, yeah. favorite segment. So, oh man, I was going to say just to, just to twist the knife in your back, Ashley, that I loved all the headless dolls in the opening uh, scene. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. I was like, you ha- the movie had to start with all these headless dolls, which I, as a child, I don't know if you remember this, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to, well, I hated them, but I used to take all my stuffed animals and turn them to face the wall so they couldn't see me while I was sleeping. And then I would also put like my favorite stuffed animals that would protect me around my bed, outline the whole my entire bed and then and if i had Uh, any barbies i'd put them in a drawer so they couldn't get out at night (laughs) you well you were so dumb um not for being Uh, scared but for missing the obvious solution well to cut off their heads yeah just how how can they look at you if they have why do you need to turn them around when you can just rip them off I want them to have heads just in the daytime and not at nighttime (laughs) well it's kind of like no I'm, i'm i'm kidding because as we know from my gremlin story, yeah, I was <laughs> using my penguin as a, a barometer for darkness, but yeah, <laughs> um, for safety. And so, let me just let me just zero in here. Barbies were evil. Certain stuffed animals were good. There was just this whole war going on, and you were um, probably the object of everyone's desire and and uh, like either you know violent desire or desire to protect. Yeah, basically. In your fantasy world. Okay. Yeah. 
How are you with stuffed animals today? I don't have any, so I think I'm either, I think I'm okay <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think that's, uh, that's enough for that. Why don't we um, talk a little bit about the characters in Choose Your Character. So this is where we imagine we just walked into an arcade in 1984 and there's a brand new, the initiation arcade machine. And we're scrolling through the characters. We're playing a game that consists of what? What kind of game is this This hot new arcade game <laughs> oh. that surely existed? <laughs> it will be... Survival horror. Yeah, were there like, Derek's our resident uh, evil video game expert. Was there like, a, until recently, was there ever slasher based uh video games especially arcade games yeah uh friday the 13th had a original nintendo mm. i want to say original nintendo cartridge that was friday the 13th on crystal lake was it oh. kind of an adventure scroller or was it more of a story-based game oh uh, man i didn't make it very far in is a very difficult game but <laughs> it opens on Crystal Lake and you're chilling at a cabin unrelated to any of the characters that have ever been in the movies. And then, you know, Jason Voorhees comes out of nowhere. He's hiding in the house somewhere. Oh, right. so, so I guess you kind of choose to go up the stairs or open a door. I think hmm. that that may have been. Okay. It's kind of half RPG. I mean, it would have been like, so there was this your, plants versus or something versus zombies game that's coming to mind like this uh i'm assuming in this arcade game we're walking through various uh we're walking through the fairchild building um we're taking the escalator we're going to mm -hmm. the different stores i'll take the escalator weapons yeah Maybe probably don't take, take any elevators or escalators or <laughs> bathrooms or just or, don't do or, anything yeah don't have sex probably um there's yeah. not gonna be any sex in our uh, kid-friendly arcade game. <laughs> Ashley, um, as you're scrolling through this list of very memorable characters, um, who is drawing your cursor or drawing your whatever <laughs> arcade cursor. games like? <laughs> Your eye cursor. Um, so I am going to select Jason Randall. Jason so, Randall. Oh, yeah. that's the dad. So Jason Randall is the real dad. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So he walks in during her, well, in her dream in the very beginning, and he's like, it's like his body covered in 40% of burns, but he just walks in on his wife having an affair, mm -hmm. and then he spends the whole movie trying to protect his serial, or his other daughter, basically, from escaping and he's, make sure she's okay. The movie really, um, I mean, he loses a lot of uh, scariness as a villain when, one, obviously, we're about to find out that he's not even the, the killer, but... Yeah. They do start, it's all first person for obvious reasons. In hindsight, they have to show him, uh, they can't show who's behind the kills. So they show them all through his eyes. Mm -hmm. But eventually they do flip the camera around towards the end. And he's kind of just like a zombie. I mean, he's, he well, he's cleaning up after his daughter again. I feel like he just does that his whole life. Yeah, he just didn't really seem very intelligible. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad choice. I'm just I'm saying his intelligence level is low and his uh, slavish, his fatherly um, devotion is high. 
Yeah. When I think that he'd be a good like partner in a game, like he would just do your bidding essentially and like help you. You know who won't do your bidding? My character. Yeah. (laughs) Although she kind of does. Yeah. (laughs) So probably the the quote unquote hero, if there is is one, Mm -hmm. aside from the main, uh, the good Kelly sister is this dream expert. Super creepy. Um, What's his name? Peter. Peter. Yeah. Peter Abbott or something. Mm -hmm. So she goes in to get her dreams analyzed by him. And um, rather than focusing on him, because he seems a little predatory, um, his assistant, this young up and coming kind of, uh, she reminded me of Barb from Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like, but she's really whip smart. She interprets the dream as not a dream as a memory before Mm -hmm. Peter comes to that conclusion and he kind of dismisses her but not completely I mean he believes her later on when she when she digs up more evidence of her theory Um, she finds like newspaper clippings right yeah she finds she finds an outline basically saying what exactly happened and how it relates to her dream like oh this is the fire that she saw this is her dad this is she kind of just uncovers everything and the actual (laughs) teachers because she's like the teacher's assistant assistant because he's a ta so yeah that's right he's getting his doctorate mm-hmm. in dream analysis or in parapsychology yeah uh, but you think he'd be better than she is but well she one of my favorite scenes in the movie is um kelly is sitting in the middle of them two mm-hmm. and her head is like whipping back and forth <laughs> between one and the other and the they're just like uh, the Heidi character, the the one I'm picking, is just giving it to uh, Peter, like, and and completely holding her own mm-hmm. in the in the analysis uh, debate off. Yeah, so. she was she was great. Uh, we had to pick a character for Derek. Um, based I have on... two characters. Ooh, okay, go for it. And then Derek can choose which one he wants to be. Mm, options. <laughs> so the first character, there is a sorority party. And everyone's dancing around and there's a awesome keyboardist playing with one hand just jumping around for five seconds and that's yeah. his whole part of the movie he's just like fun and having a good time at the party the other one i was uh-huh. thinking oh no <laughs> i think i know where you're going here <laughs> is the guy in the giant dick costume <laughs> <laughs> bingo dude come on so it's it's a costume party i guess it's ha- it's halloween right it has to be no it doesn't Let's, have to be no, well well there's a there's a christmas store in the mall or whatever yeah it it's kind of a confusing party it's just a party and everyone dresses up but he's well, dressed up as a humongous um penis so that's also derek's other option with large testicles yeah it's in this pubes for yarn pubes and so the there's a human-sized candle on the poster and a man-sized <laughs> <laughs> dick at the party um and he's actually a dick <laughs> that's a yeah that's a, that was an obvious choice how did we not how did we not come to that sooner it's definitely not that one it's definitely not the keyboardist either well oh. maybe why don't you pick one somebody from the party because there was all sorts of okay. I'm, cho- I'm choosing from the uh this insane crowd in the beginning i'm the guy that like uh, brings his tongue out and he's like trying to lick at the blood on the oh, the window. Yep. In this, in the, in, he's in the insane asylum. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm one of the insane people that are stuck in the insane asylum that get out. Over the keyboardist? Okay. Logical, logical choice. Fine. <laughs> Seven people escaped. So you could be any, any one of those. 
seven. Yeah, seven. I'm, I'm one of seven lucky people. Yeah, one of them's uh, the evil sister. Do they name her, or I'm just gonna call him Good Kelly and Evil Kelly, I guess. Let's call Evil Kelly. That's fine. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. hearing a name. Since we're um, since nobody's picking the main the main character, what did we think of her as a a final girl slash protagonist? Um, I thought she was pretty good. Yeah, I think. The act, I mean, we're talking about her character it was fine. Acting was worse, but. I thought it was pretty uh, acting showcase at the end when she was playing both parts. Well, that was great. Her dream sequence when she's like dreaming and acting for like a minute long, it's too much. Uh, oh, you mean, no, okay. So not can the you, kid, you, not no. the kid who played her. No, 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 no. The kid who played her was fine. <laughs> when oh. she was, when she was under, so what what she did i mean if i had the, the words in front of me i'd be happy to act them out for you but her oh. style of acting was just to raise her voice to a higher pitch to signify that she was relaying the events of her dream mm -hmm. <laughs> right and that was pretty much it and then she yeah she would just raise her voice and then like crack every once in a while and then she'd yeah. go back to the dream yeah so i don't know i i thought so um do you know other roles that this this um that what's her name uh daphne zaninga has been in i i was gonna ask you guys a big just, one yeah she looks really familiar and i was hoping you would get it um and i don't know if the hopefully this is the one you're talking about but if not oh, yeah. she was princess vespa in nope. space balls <laughs> no, not at all not even close. But do you do you remember space balls no i don't actually what that's a movie that uh, it's too broad for my sense of humor yeah, I cannot believe you don't know what Spaceballs is. No, I know what it is. It's a it's a Star Wars parody, spoof. But it's so good. Derek, did you recognize her as Princess Vespa? I did In not. No. Okay. okay. Drew, what was your what movie were you talking about? <laughs> obviously, she plays Brooke Davis's mom on One Tree Hill. Oh, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. If that doesn't ring a bell for you, it's it was cool for me to see her because. Um, she looks like Brooke, like it was good casting as a young, you know, she looked like Brooke did in One Tree Hill, who's a high school age character. But obviously, by the time that comes out in the early 2000s, um, Daphne is, you know, mother aged. So mm -hmm. that was very exciting for me. Baseballs, you got One Tree Hill. I uh, mean, we'll let the we'll let the audience decide which one's more culturally fine. important. <laughs> <laughs> I only recorded one uh, one liner from the movie. It was the virgin friend, I think, that said, um, mm -hmm. no, wait, uh, maybe it was a guy. Anyway, they said that it was um, like looking for the meaning of life in a donut hole. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple, there was some, oh man, there were a couple little like zingers in the movie that, that I chuckled at. Yeah, there are a few. I liked um, what you were texting about, but I liked mother father mirrors because it just like it's just so poorly i don't know poorly like written i suppose but mother father, father mirrors, mirrors. Yeah. and then she like walks out like oh okay cool <laughs> so the mirror thing get this there's two of her <laughs> it was there all along we should have saw it coming or you yeah. guys should have <laughs> um it's a real funhouse situation so yeah <laughs> Let's uh let's move on to our breaking news segment. This just in.
All right. So this week we have another new song topping the Billboard charts, and this one might just stick around for a little while. So you know this one this time, right, Ashley? Finally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never know any of the songs. <laughs> that's Prince with When Doves Cry. Leading up to, that's going to be on the charts, potentially up till Purple Rain, which we're going to be oh. watching at the end of this month. So that'll be fun. Yes. Um, as far as the box office report for this week goes, this movie uh, is nowhere to be found in the top 10. We don't in my very minimal amount of research, I could not find the budget or the total box office. Ashley? Nope, nothing. <laughs> so just a quick, um, a quick update on some of the movies we've been watching the last few weeks. Ghostbusters and Gremlins, one and two. Still, Ooh, yes. They've gone down. Um, Ghostbusters went down 0.1% and Gremlins went down 4.5%. So it's just like, wow, they're that's just raking in money every week. People are going back. Karate Kid up 17%. So it's nice. gaining gaining steam. And then um I'm sad to report. Oh no. I don't see breaking on the list. No, it finally, finally happened. It's finally gone. You know, uh. you, yeah. Conan, I'm sad to report, dropped 32%, which <laughs> <laughs> for the time uh is kind of a lot. So <laughs> does that mean he's not in the top 10 anymore? He's at seven. Yeah. Oh, but okay you know karate kid's been out longer and it's making more money and it's gaining steam mm -hmm. and conan's uh falling like a, like a rock so a big beefy how about, rock i this this might be one of our most interesting uh, i might be most interested to hear the reviews for this movie more than ever before because uh i just have no idea there's no cultural uh pop cultural rel awareness for it so what um what are the reviews like, Ashley? All right, kind of a mixed bag, more in the negative, but <laughs> I'll start positive and then go negative. Um, so Anton Bittel of Vodzilla.co also noticed there's no review from Roger Ebert this week. So sad to report that, but- He, he if, could not find the drive-in. If that's like any indication, yeah, he got lost. Um, but this uh, critic says, Offset's fun, funny co-ed against deep psychological traumas. And its duplicitous na narrative ends with a twist that is hard to see coming, yet mm -hmm. satisfies by playing studiously fair with the viewer. I, I agree with that last part. Honestly, with, if you take the twist, if you cut the twist out of this movie, mm -hmm. would, how, how memorable is it? Not memorable at all. Yeah. The twist was great. The twist was, it's just so like, I, I don't know. I'm not one of those people that watches movies and tries to figure them out, especially movies like this. Um, but you had, you know, like we discussed, you had like figured out the pretty obvious direction that it, it seemed to be going in. And so mm -hmm. it wasn't until really late in the movie that I was like, well, it can't, we're going to build up this whole movie and just finally reveal that it was the guy with the burns that right. obviously it was like, so I, it my spidey sense started to go off right at the end that there was gonna be a twist but before mm -hmm. that like i just wasn't even waiting for one so yeah good job uh you're saying there are bad reviews yeah there's <laughs> a, there's there's a few i don't know um 107 minutes of witless nonsense 
populated by performers who would look more at home and after school specials and filmmakers who ought to have been left stranded on the unemployment line. David Keyes, cinemaphile. Hmm. Um, filmmakers, filmmaking wise, there were some shortcuts being taken. I thought, you know, technically, I thought the soundtrack was was good. The score was mm-hmm. was propulsive at, at times. And honestly, I thought the performances, I, I guess I sort of disagree with you on uh, the lead girl's performance overall. I thought it was I thought it was above average for these types of movies. And everyone else was more or less just uh, fodder, which is which is as expected in, in these movies you know, screenplay and direction and any of that. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get into the pedigree of the people that, that made this movie. Do you know anything try. about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's hear it so we can combat this, this review or not. Well, I know that it started <laughs> off with um, a different director and then they didn't like the direction he was going in. So they switched directors mm, and they still stuff, and then they still kept some of the, his scenes in the original, but they huh. didn't have the money to cut them out. They're like, we'll just keep it. It's fine. So there's two different directors throughout the movie. Um, and then the writer mainly wrote for series TV. Um, his name's Charles Pratt Jr. He wrote for like General Hospital, Merrill's Place, All My Children was the majority. So this was like one of his first like big movies. Um, and then he really did do other movies. So. Yeah, well, it's not, it, I'm sure the budget was low, even though we don't know the numbers. And mm-hmm. it was like, traveling uh around touring the country playing in drive-ins throughout the year and then later in the winter or fall it got a, a little bit more of a release so it developed like for the time a, a enough of a cult following to keep getting it shown um mm-hmm. so i don't think it really stood the test of time in terms of you know i haven't heard of i haven't watched every slasher movie and there's people that are way more obsessive than me but if i haven't heard of it uh, like you know even heard the name then it's it's probably pretty pretty lost to obscurity so unfortunately not, not cocky at all okay. <laughs> yeah well no i just mean like it's not shocking that these people didn't go on to work a ton and it, mm-hmm. you know it was a mild success in terms of of people seeing it I, I i would i would assume and then you know totally forgettable aside from the twist so yep what okay. um what other trivia did you unearth sure so uh one of the deaths which we will get to a little bit later but the guy who dies in the bathroom gets his uh, throat slit open mm-hmm. his name is chad in case just remember that <laughs> but <laughs> Apparently there's a great deal of difficulty shooting his death scene and like with the makeup and stuff on. And that's why you see him twice. Like she goes to see him in the bathroom. Then the other girl, then Kelly goes in to see him if he's like still there. And in my mind, I wanted to be like, oh, he's not going to be there. Like the killer like moved him, but he's still there because they want you to see like the makeup that they did. Did they show the sla- the slashing? No. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cause I was confused by that kill. I was trying to catalog all the, the kill scenes and I, skip that one because they didn't show it they showed the they showed the aftermath but they didn't show the execution yeah apparently there's like a plastic appliance that was supposed to attach to his throat and it wasn't like like sticking like wasn't working properly it was like sticking out yeah and so they couldn't show the actual like kill they could only show like the aftermath of it so 
I, I think I'm being a little generous to the movie. Um, we'll we'll get into it as we as we go through each each kill, but yeah. they probably were not the most talented uh, visual effects team in right. terms of this the genre. And um, then, um, so uh, you and your slasher slash horror thriller expertise, mm-hmm. you recognize the mom? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> um no what's she from she um she played lila crane in psycho oh which is pretty interesting i mean i actually haven't seen psycho so well she, i thought that you would have recognized that's not the main the main uh character that's jamie lee curtis's mom is the main character in, in psycho i'm blanking on her name but so i don't know what maybe she played a secondary character Inside yeah, game? it was like the or top. She, she the, was like in the top characters, so I don't know. Maybe she played the his his dead mom. Maybe? Spoiler. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so okay, well that's that's she was maybe one of the like, I, I know this was Brooke Davis uh, from One Tree Hills breakout role, um, mm-hmm. and she went on to work in horror movies and and sort of you know go on to some success from this. Uh, but going into the movie, the mom was maybe the one of the people they were using to sell, yeah, sell the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have for trivia. <laughs> I mean, I, I that's a, that's an interesting color to add to it, and I'm not surprised that there's not a ton to to find. I've got a couple interesting tropes for us this week, okay. so we can see if like. These are things you recognize throughout this genre and other genres. First up, there's the alpha bitch, who um, little pun with the with the name there. So, she's the narcissist, drama queen, fashionista, valley girl, um, proud beauty. Think Rachel McAdams in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. So, um, we kind of skipped over the Meg character, Megan. Yeah, Megan. From the sorority house? hmm Yeah, so the lead uh, sorority mother or whatever was just a... I don't know. I mean, she's supposed to embody this trope, but did you really find her much of a... The, the girls talk about her a lot like she's a bitch, but I don't know. She wasn't that... I didn't really get... I didn't think she was an alpha bitch or anything. She just seemed like she was in charge of the sorority and she liked to play pranks on them. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but they were like they're like having their little nightly sleepover, and they're saying that she has. Oh, here's one of the one-liners. There, one girl is like she's got hemorrhoids, and the other girl turns over and she's like, "Yeah, she's a real pain in her ass." <laughs> so they they were setting the problem is they set her up for that, and then she just disappears from the movie, and then she comes back so that she can like have sex at the mall and eventually what she doesn't no no no. i would say was she also the one that another line when peter's at the party and he's like yeah she's like going after him was that her she's just a palm tree i thought that was a different girl from the sorority but okay when he's like yeah "Yeah, take two tylenol and then fall and then go to bed and she's like yeah with whom right (laughs) yep that's a different one. Okay. Zing. Yeah. The party was seems like such a distant memory from like all the mall stuff that happened yeah. later. They just wanted to get like that fun costume scene in. 
before mm-hmm. the the mayhem. Um, we talked about a final girl concept. Uh, I think this was a pretty interesting take on the final girl, uh, iconically kind of a Jamie Lee Curtis in in Halloween where somebody uh usually a female is going to be the last one to get killed off or not killed off um Mm -hmm. and so versus like the alpha bitch or the promiscuous one who's always gonna die uh sooner so i liked i liked this version of of a final girl yeah me too cool surprise lastly this came pretty early in the movie we've got the iconic nursery rhyme the ironic <laughs> nursery rhyme <laughs> Could it's, be when iconic. A, it's, it's when a nursery rhyme is used to convey an underlying sadness or creepiness and sometimes like made it slowed down or played off key to just really unsettle you mm-hmm. um there's a really obvious one that that might come to mind Fine. Not creepy at all. We got the slow mo of the kids jump roping. I wish I had my stuffed animals right now. <laughs> all right. Ash is freaking out there. Uh, yeah, that's enough. Thank you. Um, <laughs> was it the first kill? And um, this will be a, a good segue, but was it the first kill in this movie that had Ring Around the Rosie? Yeah, playing? it was. So, yep. yeah. They use Ring Around, Ring Around the Rosie. Um, which I was trying to explain to someone yesterday how to play it. Is it just when you um, go in a circle around someone and then they try to break out? <laughs> no, that's, um, <laughs> shoot, that was a different one. I think you go around in a circle and then you all fall down to the ground, but it doesn't have to do with the, the plague. Isn't that what Ring Around the Rosie is? The play. Black, the Black Plague or something or the, oh. um, yeah. Because when they all fall down, they actually, like it's everyone dying. So pretty messed up. It's already it's already an ironically creepy nursery rhyme. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the prototypical example. Um, why don't we talk more about Black Death in yes. Rank the Blank? Oh yeah. Fun murder. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's exactly the genre that uh, I think it was a Fox show called Screen Queens. Yeah, I watched. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah, I actually didn't watch it. Um, Sort of in the vein of, well, was it related to American Horror Story or just had? No, it just had Emma Emma Roberts Roberts. in it. Okay. Not related. Yeah. So that was a yeah that was kind of a montage of some screams from Scream Queens, but we're gonna continue on a new release tradition. And whenever we watch a slasher movie, we have to rank the best kill. So here we go. Uh, Ashley, brace yourself. Ready. I originally was going to start with the flashback dream scene, but no one dies in that, correctly? Correct. Correct? (laughs) Correctly. Yep. (laughs) No one dies correctly. Surely no one dies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the sister was stabbing someone and someone else got set on fire so there was two attempted attempted (laughs) attempted murders murders that needed to be corrected later um ring around the rosy death 
we just discussed that, but let's set it up a little more. Ashley, do you remember the the build up to that one? Sure. So the nurse leaves her shift um, for the insane asylum, and as she's leaving, she notices that all the people in the insane asylum were released, were set free, and mm-hmm. they start going around her and chanting. And she's like, "Oh, I have to get away from these people." She goes into her car, goes to and locks the door to get away. Turns on the ignition, and her car won't start. And all of a sudden, you see someone holding mm-hmm. these gardening um, claw, this gar- three-pronged gardening claw, and just stabs her repeatedly until she dies. Yep. While she's trying to drive away. Classic urban legend. Ooh, someone's so, in the back seat. Yeah, I mean, she knew something uh, was amiss by the the in the insane people circling her car singing a creepy lullaby, but yeah. she didn't know that the killer was right behind her the whole time. So uh, that was a good, that was a, it wasn't a surprise that she died, but that was the first kill we saw. And and so it, it had a little extra mm-hmm. vive. Um, the next one is when, um, oh, this is good. So mm-hmm. the next one will ex- help us explain some of the story, the family dynamics with Kelly. So as we know, Kelly's fa- real father was burned. And at that point, the mother started having a fa- an affair with uh, Fairchild. Not yep. an affair. They just picked up. They just, you know, started their relationship. Mm-hmm. We find out uh, during the time frame of this movie that he has moved on from the mother and he's having another secret affair, um, yep. which, you know, being an international business mogul, you in the 80s you just have to when he's in his like uh glass room or his uh, room of like a wall of of different uh, cocktail glasses do you know what i'm talking about yeah it's entire it's entire <laughs> like almost like a bookshelf but of cocktail glasses and it's all glass surrounding it it's very yeah and he's just having a a conversation with his his um uh, other lover op- with the door open and so the Good Kelly overhears that conversation. He's leaving the house and um he's leaving the house know, to see her. He's leaving the house to go consummate um and leave his 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 new family behind mm-hmm. for you know an undeclosed number of days on a business trip. And uh I'll let you do it, Ashley. What um this is a two-part death. So what happens first? So he's going to put his suitcase in the trunk of the car. <laughs> Yep. And all of a sudden you see from the killer's perspective, then like running awkwardly running towards him. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the killer stabs him in the throat with the same gardening um, claw that they used earlier on the nurse. And then after they stab him in the throat, the guy's like going to die. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Puts his head down and then takes a machete and just cuts his head off. And you see the shadow of the whole visual happening on the garage, with the light backlit. So little little shout out to Jason there. Um, that was when we first got a taste that you know maybe he was equipped with multiple murder weapons. Little did we know how many things he would stock <laughs> up on once he hit the once he hit the 104 floor 104 floor mall. Um, yeah. My favorite part of this death scene <laughs> is one of Derek and I's favorite things to notice in movies is when they have a overly like clever or uh, stylized transition. So as the machete makes contact and makes the um, 
the slicing sounds with his mm-hmm. neck, the it cuts to the mom uh, popping the the top off of a whiskey bottle and making like a similar uh, yeah <laughs> a similar decapitation <laughs> noise. Uh-huh. So that was cool. Um, we can roll through a couple of these, but from this point on, just picture that we are in the inner the Fairchild building. So the girls are break finally breaking in for their big their big prank. And they are going to, they have this elaborate plan to distract the security card and, you know, have the sexy girl ride around on roller skates and do whatever it takes to keep his attention. Um, Who knows what that means, but he's already dead at this point, right? Yeah. So um, what was remarkable about this, his death, Ashley? Oh, I can think of one thing. Do you remember? (laughs) Yep. Um, well, he gets stabbed really quickly, but then, and I don't know why they just, and hopefully you can enlighten me. Um, they just do this close up cut to this like Asian statue and yeah. that, after he dies, but then that, I don't know why. Yeah. They do like a quick zoom to this. Um, I just said Asian statue because I, you know, there might be some more specific description of it, but it's an mm-hmm. ornamental, like ceramic, um, porcelain statue. I said yeah. ceramic and porcelain, but. It's they do it twice though. So the first time it's like okay, that was more than twice. Really? Yeah, yeah. They do it at least three or four times. Not with the same statue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the statue they don't zoom in on it, and it's just Mm -hmm. chilling there. There's we got to contact um the screenwriter and I bet you that was the director's choice the first one, and they're like we can't take this cat or can't we take this Asian statue scene out. They didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty random as it as it stands. And in that in that specific scene, I would, the thing I was thinking of is that early on the security guard um, is doing his rounds, drinking beer, looking at porn, um, just the usual security guard stuff. And then he's trying on sunglasses and he's looking. Well, no, he's looking at his mustache in the sunglasses and he sees the killer in the frames like mm-hmm. behind him. That was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Moving on. So there's at this point, the kids are there's this movie Chopping Mall that all takes place in a mall. It's like Robocop meets a slasher. And they're just all the kids are hooking up. And it's such a horror movie trope, well established by Scream and and, uh, a million other things that if you if you have sex in a horror movie, you're probably going to die. So I think I lose track of the um, the bland uh, white frat dudes, but was the the guy who gets axed in the head the the guy who was wearing like a crop top over a long sleeve shirt? Yeah, style <laughs> so, points. Other than that, I don't remember anything about him. Did no. he deserve to die for that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, was he the guy that was trying to hook up with um, Megan? No, that guy got his throat slit. Okay. Um, so we'll just move on from that one because he, he's unremarkable. Um, this is where we start getting into some of the more exotic weaponry. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the lamp store. This is this is um, Megan's death. So uh, do you want me to describe the, the lamp store? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of lamps. Um, no, <laughs> it's just like it's it's a uh, one lamp per every square foot of store, but they're all the same lamp basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of the store is a jungle theme. Oh, safari. So, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, safari, fake plants, real plants, who knows, um, fake lamps, real lamps, <laughs> all the same. Um, but as Megan is uh, rummaging through the, the forest and trying not to trip over, over lamps, the killer is stalking her with a bow and arrow. And she's like, very funny. And then he shoots her with the arrow. LOL. She shoots her. The with killer. The arrow. But does she she doesn't react to what she sees though? Maybe no. she never sees the face. She doesn't he's hiding so behind a tree. All the lights are like around her, and so I don't yeah. think she can really see as well. And then she just he yeah. she just shoots her. This was a, that was a cool like setup to the kill. Um I really loved the the store. Uh, but mm-hmm. they did some kind of shortcut with the arrow shot where it didn't look like I mean obviously none of this stuff is supposed to look super realistic but it just didn't there was an awkward cut in there it didn't look mm-hmm. uh, like they really nailed it on the first try so yeah it wasn't they a fluid just kill. had to move on yeah um, that brings us to the one that you were talking about uh earlier before I think we started where there's um a guy whose throats they oh wait you were talking about this the throat yeah. slitting scene yeah yeah with so. Chad what's the only thing that's that's remarkable about that one is you know kind of the behind the scenes production drama and then when Kelly comes back to the mirror she finds her name written in blood on the on the well oh when she comes back to the bathroom she finds her name written yeah. in blood on the mirror right which symbolizes what that they're coming after her but Kelly's blood is on Kelly's hands. Yeah. <laughs> no, that Kelly is in the mirror. She wrote her <laughs> name right on it. She's trapped. It's like poltergeist. Yeah. But you don't think the parents named both of them Kelly, right? No. Okay. Kelly and like Keely. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got it. Kelly and Kelly. Ooh, ooh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kelly wrote Kelly's wrote her sister Kelly's name on the bathroom. Um, we're we're rolling through these so. The, uh, oh, this might be, well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I loved this next death. Mm -hmm. This is the promiscuous blonde who lasted longer than, (laughs) than you might expect. We're going in order through the kills, by the way. So what's the um, one that looked like Taylor Swift and then Scarlett Johansson at one point? Yes. Caitlin even said that about Taylor Swift. She looked very similar to her, Hmm. her face, her facial structure and her lips and her, like her mouth. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Must have been distracted. Yeah. <laughs> by the non-Taylor Swift parts. Um. So, she is uh getting. She's sitting at like the security control center, mm-hmm. and the killer comes up from behind with the knife that it stole from that it. Now I'm calling the killer Killy, uh, <laughs> and it um <laughs> stole from one of the myriad murder supply stores in the in the mall and the best part about this scene as is as she's getting stabbed in the stomach probably like 15 20 times Mm -hmm. she she grabs the mall intercom and starts screaming into the intercom all while the movie cuts back and forth with the uh, one of the other random couples having sex and making their own um screaming sex noises so even though she's playing it on the loudspeaker they don't notice not that it matters because they're <laughs> screaming in um joy 
presumably. Mm-hmm. Actually, is that when um you the, missed one? Yeah. Well, I thought that was when the girl was losing her virginity. It it was, but that was the a next, big scene. The next kill. What happened after that? The harpoon. No, that's coming. That's the okay. I didn't. That's that's. You're right. You're right. So the people that are making the sex noises that's when the the virgin sorority sister is losing her virginity after a really um emotional traumatic monologue about her mm-hmm. getting sexually getting raped as a 12 year old yeah by a violin instructor yeah and then for some reason after that you know just terrible terrible writing um the characters were it the the guy didn't like emotionally manipulate her or anything but just awful position to put the characters in so that you could have more sex and then yeah (laughs) like i I thought that was maybe one of the best acting moments in the whole movie and one of the most interesting like storytelling moments where she is telling talking about she gets made fun of at school Mm -hmm. for you know being a virgin 80s 80s stuff shaming you know you get both slut shamed and um, virgin shamed. Virgin shamed, so that's that's cool. And then she tells she goes into like something that just comes out of nowhere in the script, but everyone handles it really delicately during the scene. Yeah. And then immediately after, they they kind of throw all that out the window. Right, so. and then yeah, immediately after they have sex, I was like, wait, that what? <laughs> so. Yeah, that was that was a messed up, yeah. but the kill was cool on a different note so how did how did uh the i guess he got his punishment for (laughs) yeah so they're um hooking up and then i guess they're finished hooking up they're gonna hook up again yep and the killer appears at the bed and i guess they're in like a bedding store bedding i don't know and um he appears with a harpoon gun and harpoons them and i thought he was gonna harpoon them together which i thought had been fun Mm. but he just harpoons the one guy and the girl runs away yeah that would have been better i mean it was so that they could have another chase scene and another separate kill but i think at this point they could have started to double double team them and uh (laughs) and make it a little more efficient i think the are we supposed to believe that the motive of killy is to upset her sister well, we know what her end goal is, but like she maybe is there a reason she might be dragging it out? I think she just wants to terrify it before she tries right. and takes her life. Yeah, like tender tenderize her soul. Yep. Um I thought the scene where the the former virgin character, you know, doesn't take long for her to no longer be a virgin and 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 immediately get dragged into an elevator shaft and and yeah. and killed off and then have her body dragged away so which was really shitty of kelly kelly that ran ahead yeah no she left her so kelly sorry kelly and the non-virgin are in the elevator together and they're like oh the killer's coming down he's like climbing in the elevator wrap i don't know what it's called that area Mm -hmm. and he's climbing down and then the elevator stops they go to get off and kelly just runs out and leaves her friend and then her friend falls and she's like she's like oh what should i do should i try and save her i don't know if i should save her oh she's getting dragged let me try and save her now she hesitates she's a shitty friend (laughs) well she hesitated but the door also closed unbelievably fast yeah but she could have gotten her yeah she could have gotten her i did like the she 
her friend is running out and they the the killer grabs her by the ankle and like slowly drags her back i mean drags her while she's like clawing you know trying to claw her way mm-hmm. out but it, i thought that was and is that an actual killer is what i was thinking i was like oh it's got to be like one of their friends oh playing another prank because it just it just seems so cheesy but everyone else is dead well yeah exactly so it was just like this killer's got jeans on and he's I don't know. It was weird. I thought that there was almost a jump scene before that, though, where he like uh, lands on top of the elevator shaft or alongside it or something, and and I am I like flinched a bit. So yeah, that's that was, good. That was yeah, <laughs> points for that. Um, man, so we are down to finally the dream doctor has, thanks to his assistant, uh, my character Heidi, figured everything out. And he's gone to the mother's house, found out that Kelly is at the Fairchild building. And so he's going there to save the day. Um, of course, Kelly has already is already being chased by the burned person who we know is her father. And she whacks him with a pipe uh, upside what the neck. And he, oh. and he tumbles off of like, I don't know, 10 stories or something onto some cardboard mm-hmm. boxes. He seems fine. Well, we know he's going to be fine, but we also know there's probably a twist coming and he's not going to be the killer anyway. But mm-hmm. but yeah, he was obviously going to survive that. The doctor shows up and sees him. Um, and then not long after he runs in the building to save Kelly, Kelly sneaks up behind him. <laughs> and stabs him right yep and that's that's the kill itself is just a a stab but that's when we have our holy shit moment and we see uh that there are two kelly's on screen at the same time so Mm -hmm. how did that how did that land i thought it was great evil kelly wasn't wearing any makeup she was clearly crazy hair was a little frizzier hair was frizzier uh she just looked tired (laughs) her eyes were were scary looking Mm -hmm. so yeah there's the makeup there you go yeah right (laughs) (laughs) and then right when um killy is about to stab kelly she's kelly has tumbled into some more plants and (laughs) killy's over top of her with the knife then what happens then the mom comes in and saves the day and shoots Kelly, sh- shoots Killy in the back. Yep. So the final kill is the Killy kill shot. Killy um, kill shot by mom protecting yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Good job, mom. Um, where do we want to go in terms of let's just um, let's just pick our our favorites and and make a a quick case for for why. Okay. Uh, my favorite is the affair cheating husband who gets stabbed in the throat and then decapitated. Do you, would, do you like the, the just overkill aspect yeah. of it? Well, yeah. yeah. Like how he's already basically dead. And he's like, I'm going to cut your head off. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then to top it all off the, the cut to the, the whiskey bottle with a whiskey. Meat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Along, you know, maybe the, the one technical person we need to call out is the editor because <laughs> along the same lines, I'm going to go with the, um, the, the promiscuous blonde mm-hmm. rollerblader who's, who's getting stabbed and broadcasting her orgasmic screams while the virgin is, is, is losing her virginity. So 
they conveyed so much so much in that in that kill scene (laughs) um very efficient Mm -hmm. derek um if you had to pick between those two or throw in a monkey wrench what would you do not gonna throw a monkey wrench in um (laughs) it's a common theme here where i go with what ashley says (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-oh So after he gets stabbed in the chest and then gets his head decapitated, well, while his head is getting decapitated, there's a really cool edit where like the person brings the big machete up mm. in like a mm-hmm. you know dark dark shot, but then they also just reshoot that same shot, so it looks like they're bringing it up even more. So it's just like this amazing um, head head slice it's all silhouetted so they're like the the lights are shining on a garage Mm -hmm. door or something and you see it happening in silhouette that was also maybe a special um honorary mention to the harpoon both the harpoon shot just for the most creative weapon and then Mm -hmm. um bonus points for when he's stalking them with holding the harpoon and you can see this like giant harpoon silhouette that's that's parallel to them but based on my scientific knowledge of shadows, he's far enough behind that he can't catch them. But it looks like he's <laughs> like the harpoon is like parallel with them. So mm-hmm. I thought that was the harpoon uh, cast an impressive silhouette. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have a winner. We have um, machete, machete combo kill. And yes, I think you're probably right for choosing something that involved the gardening claw. So mm-hmm. that was the signature weapon of, of the movie. If there, if there was one for two kills and every other one was different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> signature. <It is. laughs> um, let's do up. Let's wrap up with some awards. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I read that earnestly. Um, <laughs> I forgot what, uh, where we were going. So Ashley, uh, how many Jupiter or Saturn or Venus or Pluto or Neptune awards did this movie win? Or Razzie awards. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't win any awards. Nothing. That's There's no sad. mention of any awards anywhere. So. so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get didn't didn't get recognized. Um, yeah. You bet what? Well, I bet the lead actress, if more people had seen it, would have gotten some some attention. I mean, if the industry itself gave kept um hiring her, that that was some <laughs> validation. But she deserves a mention from some obscure award group. Um, like the Ashley Awards, for instance. Yeah, I'm not gonna. She's doesn't okay. get in there. Um, but my Ashley Awards would just be the Twisty Twin Award. Twisty Twin, mm-hmm. gotta love that. Didn't see um, it coming. It happened, you know. Yeah. Cool. Impressive twist. So, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep forcing this category. Um, Drew's favorite <laughs> prop. Y'all excited for this one? Is it the Asian statue? <laughs> it should be, but <laughs> that's a big one though. That's a big prop. Yeah, that's gonna that counts as a major prop. Um, oh, fine. There was some good there was some good set decoration, like we mm-hmm. mentioned, the the impressive house that the Fairchilds live in. But I've always been a fan of those um stone lion statues, not just because it's our last name, but just the kind of things you see outside of really impressive uh, estates. Mm-hmm. So randomly, after they cut to the Asian statue, they cut to a lion statue. You remember yeah. that? Yep. It's just in the mall for some reason. Yeah, it's just uh, there. In the lamps. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the lighting, all the lamps. Um, speaking of that, how 80s is this 1984 release? We got wardrobe, sound, the lighting, 
all the usual uh, parameters. I'll go, I'll go mid eighties in this one. Um, slasher, yep. definitely eighties. Yeah, definitely eighties. Not really soundtrack so much. Uh, the outfits yeah. are really the outfits were eighties. Definitely, I There's mean ruffles, bangs, you name it. <laughs> when they were like walking around campus in one of the daytime scenes, mm-hmm. she was wearing these like shorts with really long front pockets and some kind of like shouldery blouse. Mm-hmm. That and was... he had, and the guy she was walking with in one of the scenes had shorter shorts on than her. <laughs> yeah, well, but they, but he had short shorts on and then like a full suit jacket and yeah. <laughs> a, boating, a boating hat before he got harpooned they were they were doing some cosplay when they were in the in the mall after mm-hmm. hours and even like your character um her whole outfit with the big glasses yep. and the whole, everything she wore was very 80s yeah curly curly short red hair she reminded me um of lewis from robocop i was just watching oh. actually both robocop movies recently mm-hmm. and it's I'm sure it's not the same person, but it's it's they they look like they could be cousins at least. Um, I would say, I mean, slasher points put it up pretty high in terms of the '80s scale. Anything else that it suffers from, I think, was just a lack of like resources. I mean, mm-hmm. the soundtrack was very '80s. It just wasn't as memorable as other ones. It was it was effective, but not you know uh, the most iconic thing ever and then the lighting was just flat and even for the most part i would say yeah i have to unfortunately go about the same as you just because the genre just absolutely peaked in in the 80s um but everything else was kind of uh Mm half-assed what about the uh, the the remake for this movie that everybody's dying for um all the sequels that we got man i mean of the movies we've been watching lately this one must have spawned like just so many (laughs) so many other other uh types of board games and action figures oh yeah you got killy and kelly like you flip the head around and it's one and you flip the head around the other way um Let's just let's start with a rewatch and then you can pick um, any anything else you'd like to see or wouldn't like to see. Sure. Um, no rewatch. Don't need to rewatch it. Just because I, of the just because of like the twist at the end, like once you know that, I mean, maybe you would rewatch it to see like how it would change your opinion throughout the movie. But I don't need to see it again. For movies that we um, are watching for the first time, I would say the better way to think about rewatch would be would you like be dying to show it to someone else and want to watch it with them? Like, I'm not going to sit down and watch it again by myself, Yourself, but yeah. sometimes like I might watch a movie a couple of days later uh, when I ha- get to see someone else's reaction to it. Yeah. yeah it's still, not the movie you know. I would force on any, <laughs> yeah. anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. That said, is there any reason to remake it, reboot it? <laughs> mm, no, I think it's good just the way it is. There's there's like a mini um, subgenre of the horror slasher that's the horror sorority slasher, mm-hmm. um, House on Sorority Row, Sorority House Massacre. So I, it's it could be time to I don't know it, it could definitely not be time <laughs> to bring back <laughs> um, an exploitive sorority slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there would need to be a much more uh, uh, well 
thought out like representation of 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 the women characters even though the final girl in this one was a pretty balanced character uh, some of the other stereotypes would would hopefully be a little more fleshed out definitely well, yeah. no pun intended there uh pun intended when you say that um <laughs> and definitely well did you watch you probably didn't watch this but black christmas came out a few years ago and that was like a sorority christmas horror movie i think it came yeah. out this last year oh did it i was like was it a yeah. year or two or two years ago okay well it's come out three times so in the 70s the original black christmas which was like a, a slasher touchstone um for mm-hmm. for the time and then they remade it in 2006 i want to say was that with and michelle trackenberg yep she's in it <laughs> yep um another cw star and mm-hmm. then they remade it again uh this past christmas which that's the one i haven't seen um, okay it's gotten pretty atrocious reviews but Perfect. i'll definitely watch it so yeah if you can combine a holiday with a sorority then why not go for it um <laughs> finally our last question of the evening does this belong in our new release wax museum mm, no this is new so i can answer <laughs> this however you want <laughs> um i'm gonna say it does not belong in our wax museum unfortunately yeah although it would make a cool wax sculpture of like the two twins and like the like it, could, it would look cool but i don't think it belongs there right we should probably have a storage closet and a you know in a museum like mm-hmm. we come up with uh an iconic uh sculpture or something from from every movie but yeah. only some of them make it to the main floor uh <laughs> let's let's talk about what's coming next week now for me this movie is going to be a complete surprise i've heard of it but i haven't seen it i'm almost positive i haven't seen it i know some people love it and <laughs> it's very important so let's let's hear a little bit of the trailer Alex Rogan lives in a small trailer park (laughs) in the California mountains. He has a dream to go to college. You guys think I'm going to hang out here, watch you shine your pickup? Forget it, man. I'm doing something (laughs) about Start a career. You really are leaving here, aren't you? Of course I'm going away. We're both going away. Both of us, Alex. And most of all, to get out. Get your chance? Yeah. Important thing is when it comes, you got to grab it with both hands. Then, one night, a mysterious stranger offers Alex an opportunity he never dreamed of. Who are you? I'm Centauri, and you may... No, you must trust me implicitly. Oh. Get in. Nothing Alex Rogan has ever imagined could prepare him for what he is about to experience. Ah. Hey. Why was Alex chosen? And will he ever return? Where are we going? Trust me. Oh, you're going to love it. Love it. Look out! Back to the future vibes. Oh, hell yeah. The last starfighter. (laughs) His adventure in space is about to begin. Wow. Is it Star Wars for kids? I mean, like... I've never seen it. (laughs) Yeah. Guess we'll find out. Yeah, excited. So... I am I'm excited because I know this movie has a reputation. Derek, you um, have seen it. And how excited are you? I am stoked. I've seen it probably 10 or 15 times. Nice. Whoa, okay. 
but not since you were, we'll talk, we'll, we'll say that for next week in terms of when, when, how much you remember it, but yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Um, I think, I think that's about it. If you want to be first in line for that last Starfighter discussion next week, you can subscribe to the podcast by searching new release 1984 on Spotify or Apple. And that's a wrap. Pew, pew, pew. Freeze yeah. <laughs> frame on Kelly and then romantic murder. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>